0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and listening. Uh, today, before we jump into the podcast episode, I wanted to let you know that I am having a sale on the PreppyPodcast.com um, on the podcast merch shirts. So there is a um, Preppy Isn't Dead pullover that's adorable. It is hot pink. It has a a preppy little skull and crossbone on it. Then there's the classic prep um, sweatshirts, which are right now a hunter green. That's a really great going into fall, honestly. And then finally, there's the long live preppy uh, sweatshirt as well, which is a light pink and sort of has a true Beverly Hills inspired little crest on the front of it. Uh, So all of those will be 30% off from August uh, 29th through September 13th as sort of my back to school, um, end of summer last hurrah sort of celebration. Uh, so if you go on the dot and use code back, to school, all spelled out, um, you'll get 30% off of those sweatshirts. So now is the time to stock up on them. Um, They are really cute. And honestly, once they sell out, then they are done and we have new designs coming. Uh, So get them while you can. All right, now let's get into the episode. Today, we have it with Petite Keep. I have a Petite Keep that I keep all of my um, engagement and stuff leading up to my wedding in. It keeps it organized and really cute looking. And I've seen a lot of people use them for their kids too. Uh, So it's been fun learning about how Petite Keep came to be um, and what's next for them. So I hope you guys like this episode. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live and what you do?
1: Absolutely. Well, my name is Lindsay Mullinger and I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm the founder and CEO of Petite Keep.
0: And I love my Boutique Keep, which we'll talk more about what Boutique Keep is in a little. Um, But I am just such a fan. It's been so helpful through my whole engagement and wedding planning and all of that. So I'm definitely a fan and a customer.
1: (laughs) Yay. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you so much for sharing that.
0: Of course. So I want to start um at the beginning, like what was your childhood like? Did you grow up uh, where you live now? Did you live somewhere else? Were you into sort of uh, creating or crafting or solving problems? like what, well, what were you like as a child?
1: Absolutely. So I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, born and raised here. um and I was my parents were just very big on like exposure to all different activities and sports and you know, whether it was mock trial or lacrosse, or they kind of had us in a bit of everything. And I think the biggest theme there was just like curiosity. So just like building out that curiosity and being curious on how things work. And, um, and then also being from St. Louis, very classic Midwestern family work ethic and follow through were huge undertones in my childhood. So, um, I can definitely see how those two things lend themselves to, to today. Um, but yeah, so we lived in St. Louis, Missouri, and then um, in my 20s, I spent about 10 years away across different cities in the U.S., but, and then came back here.
0: Awesome. I love that. I um, live where I was born and raised, too, so I feel like there's a lot, a lot to be said about having roots somewhere.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great place to, um, to be from and raise a family, so couldn't agree more.
0: So um, when it came time then to go to college, where and what did you study? Did you end up staying local or did you go somewhere else? Yeah. So
1: I went to University of Missouri and I studied business, specifically marketing, and then I had a Spanish minor. Um, I did study abroad in Sevilla, Spain, and kind of had that international curiosity, um, but always knew that business was, was probably where I wanted to end up. So built some base fundamentals throughout college.
0: Awesome. That sounds fun. What a cool study abroad.
1: Yes, it was. It was definitely I, I always tell everyone in college, I'm like, go study abroad. It will never be easier to live abroad.
0: That's so fun. Um, OK, so you have this degree in marketing um, and a, a minor in Spanish. Uh, what was your first career then? What did you end up doing with it after school?
1: I um, went straight out of college to work for Procter and Gamble in mm-hmm. um, sales and marketing functions. So I spent um, about ten years across P&G, and then Berkshire Hathaway. I um, transitioned to them with a Duracell, the Duracell brand, um, about halfway through. So working on brands like Tide and Pantene and Olay, am just really getting. P&G does a really good job of building out core business fundamentals. Um, they have a great training program. And got to work on big, exciting businesses and, and help, you know, people with products in their home.
0: Yeah. I mean, those businesses are household names. I'm sure you learned a ton about like business and marketing and branding and, um, you know, just the value of being in someone's home and what that means.
1: It it really was. Like when I think back, I mean, P&G is, you know, a century old company, they you know, have they've been around a long time for a reason, because not only do they have they built enduring brands, but they've also built an enduring culture. So I think that's also just an important thing when I think about my experience there is is I learned a lot about, you know, if I ever did want to start a company, the type of culture I'd want to create mm-hmm. um, the way I'd want, you know, our company to, to have values and things like that. So it was it was an amazing place to begin my career. And I'm super grateful for my time there.
0: Yeah. So did you say you had traveled a bit or lived different places then during that time? Did I hear that?
1: I did. Yeah. Um. So my, so right out of college, like I said, I had a job offer with P&G. Um, and so my first job was in Seattle, Washington on uh-huh. our Costco P&G team. And um, my husband and I actually dated throughout college and he was in the military, he joined the military after college. And so we then, um, I was able to actually manage my career and also personal life through a few moves um, where we moved across military bases, too. So we lived in Oklahoma, Colorado, Nashville, and Chicago. Um, So kind of all across the U.S., which was really great exposure to different parts of the country.
0: Wow. Yeah, that does sound exciting, like seeing all different aspects of the country. And some of those places are gorgeous, like Colorado, man.
1: Yes, it was lovely having skiing very close by. I definitely missed <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> okay, that's so fun. So, how long um, were you, you know, with those businesses before you decided to go out on your own?
1: I was. I so I worked for about a decade um, before I um, a few a few years over a decade before I left to go full time with the tea Keep, and actually. When I launched Petit Keep, I mean, I am by nature a very risk averse person. So um, I think one of the things is a lot of times you see founders who, you know, start stopped working and like full throttle, just like started a business on day one um, after leaving their job. And my story is like definitely a lot different. I very much like did this on the nights and the weekends at the beginning when we launched in 2020 just to see if there was a product market fit, um, because I did love my career as well. So I did both and really like, this was a nights and weekends thing. Um, and once we saw that there was a lot of traction and momentum, um, and great feedback from our customers, it gave me, um, just the confidence to go off and say like, okay, this is like, I'm so excited to, to develop this further and bring this brand to more customers.
0: Yeah, I I think that's smart. And I, I do think that's a misconception or something that scares a lot of people off is you don't necessarily have to go that route where you have an idea and then you just stop everything and, you know, funnel all this money into something completely new. Like, you can take it gradually. I mean, even with my PR business. I kind of did the same thing. I was at an agency and I started freelancing on the side and then getting more and more freelance clients where I would work like on my lunch break, on my morning commute on the train, on my train ride home, like on the weekends, every second I could when I wasn't at my other job. And that's kind of then I launched my own um, PR company. So it's, it's definitely doable. And I think that's, you know, sometimes a safer route for people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that you did that. That's great.
0: Yeah. So um, tell me about the idea for Petite Keep. Like, When did you think about this idea um, and what was sort of the idea behind it, the thought process behind it?
1: Absolutely. Well, um, I'm a mom to four little girls. Um, And so when my oldest, my oldest is five now. And when she was 18 months, I was due any day with my second daughter and I was cleaning out her nursery and could not – find I just wanted like a keepsake box that you know I could that match the aesthetic of her room um was personalized and was just something I'd be excited to pass down to her in 20 years mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anything and it just kind of clicked like this is this is an opportunity this is something I'm looking for I've talked to all of my friends across the country no one else you know has the right viable solution um and that's really how petite keep was born
0: Wow. So for people listening then who um, aren't familiar with Petit Keep, how would you describe your brand as to what it is?
1: Absolutely. So we are a a direct-to-consumer keepsake company, a personalized keepsake company. Um, We launched with the Hero product, which is our classic trunk. So we have that in two sizes, and customers um, can create these trunks on our website before their eyes, so they can choose embroidery details, fabric details, trim um, and they're personalized and made specific to them. And our customers use them for a variety of use cases. So they may be getting married like yourself and mm-hmm. they're using them across like the you know the timeline of their wedding. they may be having a child. they may we have a lot of customers who use them when they're sending their kids off to school to celebrate um, sports accomplishments. It's definitely a variety of um, life celebrations that we see our customers using Petite Keep for. And, um, I'm guessing we may get into this later, but we're expanding our assortment and becoming more of a keep broader keepsake brand, Mm -hmm. um, as we, um, as we bring some new products to market. Um, so that's kind of why I lead with keepsake brand.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, like I said, I use my Petite Keep for all of my wedding, um, products and memorabilia and that sort of thing, because I'm someone I like hate junk and I hate papers and stuff like that. And it's funny because my fiance, Will, is like the opposite, like any Christmas cards that people send us, any (laughs) pictures of like family that we get or like any invites to other people's weddings, like he keeps. And I'm like, get this junk out of here. I'm so bad. But um, so I like it because it's a pretty way for me to like preserve and keep memories like I had we got engaged in New York City so we went and saw a Broadway show after so I've like the tickets from that and like all of those little things that normally would drive me crazy because they'd just be laying around and you know ugly looking and they're in my beautiful little petite keep.
1: (laughs) I love that no that's and that's such a really that's a great point so um we what's really fun is getting to see you know the different different um types of customers that purchase from us. And I think, you know, at first you'd, you'd assume that our customer and our core customers, like definitely someone that kind of keeps everything and is like super sentimental. And while that's absolutely like a very important customer to us and a huge part of who we are in our business. Um, I actually am someone who is like you and that mm-hmm. like, I like to keep like a few very special things mm-hmm. um, and I want them to have a place and then, you know, We'll, we'll do other things with the rest. We'll whether donate them or pass them down, things like that to other families. So, um, I'm like you, it's like, I just, I wanted somewhere where they can be organized, they could have a place to land and we could, you know, kind of move on. So, yeah.
0: I love that. Um, okay, so you came up with this idea. you had your hero product that you launched with. So what like were some of those steps to launching? Like obviously, it's one thing to have an idea of wanting to make this, but then manufacturing it and getting it out there is a whole other world. So what was that like? Like how did you develop this product?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question because <laughs> it was such a learning experience. So I think I would have told you at the beginning of this process. Um, having worked at PNG and being, you know, having had so many different product launches and things like that, I would have thought that I was like better equipped. Um, but what I learned is when you work for Corporate America, you're kind of handed this, you know, pretty package by R&D and mm-hmm. um, upstream teams. And so I learned to ta- a lot bringing the concept from zero to one. And I think that was absolutely the hardest part of building the business is bringing it zero to one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very exciting because what it meant was, um, you know, since we launched on Instagram and that was like really one of our, um, that was our initial outreach to customers. Like we got to talk to early customers and kind of ask them like, what else are you looking for? What, you know, what types of upgrades or personalizations, what, you know, what can we do to continue to evolve? And, and we still do that today, a hundred, a hundred percent. Um, so, you know, building out that product looked a lot like, um, leaning on my local community and learning from people that have done this before me, there were creators at heart, things like that. Um, and that you could say that from the product all the way to the website, and the brand first website I built and I'm not a web designer. So that was like a, a labor of love. Um, and we've since evolved and professionalized. Um, but it's, it's really fun and special to think about those, you know, that first call it 18 to 24 months of just, you know, there was, there was a lot of learning, a lot of learning and there still is. Yep.
0: Yeah. Now I think like, so I guess you said you leaned on your local community, um, to get some advice. Is that sort of how you found your manufacturer? Like, did you take to Google a lot? Um, I feel like people listening, one of the things that they want to know the most is always like, okay, I have a great idea, but like, how do I find the right person to produce it for me?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I would say two things. So yes, one, absolutely locally. So we, for example, I, I do not personally. sew. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to a local sewing, um, shop here in this, in St. Louis and I worked with a lady, um, as we build out initial prototypes to see like, you know, and we looked at, you know, I mean, so many, like 10, 15 different styles and how would, would we add this pocket here and that, and and then we worked with a local manufacturer to sew those out. Um, so that's one absolute way that I would say leaning on the community. The other mm-hmm. thing I think is is the best was the best education for me in launching a business for podcasts. So mm-hmm. I think listening to other founders and makers and hearing how they brought their brand to life or established companies and hearing, you know, I think that learning about that zero to one and getting getting over that you know that launch phase, I think podcasts are a wealth of information.
0: Yeah, and probably then, you know, if you hear someone on a podcast getting interviewed that you think might be able to help you is reaching out. It it can't hurt to reach out and ask if, you know, hey, do you know like any great manufacturers for this or do you have any advice on this or, you know, did you run into this problem too? That sort of thing.
1: 100%. I think you should always 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 feel comfortable asking for a meeting. I think that people love getting to connect um and pass you know pay it forward and pass down information um i'm super grateful for all those that took my phone call and i love getting to connect with other founders
0: definitely um okay so once you launched this product like how did you get the word out and promote it and then i guess you know twofold is that still the same process today and you know you just talked about expanding and launching new products like Basically, what's been your best form of marketing that you found?
1: Absolutely. Well, our, so the summer we, we launched in 2020 and that mm-hmm. summer really, we, we launched with an Instagram, which definitely Instagram account has been one of the biggest ways that we have built out our connection with our customers and driving awareness, driving brand awareness. Um, and then kind of taking that a level further is working with, um, creators and influencers, um, has been amazing. It's been so fun getting to connect with, you know, just creatives of all types and seeing how they use our products. And um, that's been really, really, really helpful for us as, you know, Petite Keep is, they bring Petite Keep into their home and then they share with their community how they're using it. So I would say that is is definitely the biggest way. I think for us as a brand, we always want to be authentic and showing up authentically. And so, mm-hmm. Been great as we've been able to partner with people that um, very much have an authentic fit to our brand.
0: Yeah. And I feel like I get this question a lot just in my job and the podcast and talking with other business owners. Is there always like, are, you know, is the influencer world like dead? Is that like kind of past now? And it, it definitely isn't. I think, you know, there's such great opportunity with working with influencers still these days. I mean, you get great images, you get some new customers, um, and you get to connect and reach a different audience for sure.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Just also, like, to your point on beyond sharing with community. So I think the reality is, like, influencers have an incredible, incredible skill set, like, certainly one that I don't have as far as um, this aesthetic of, like you said, pictures, like, creating content, whether that be, you know, writing out a blog or, um, there's a lot of really fun ways to partner and see Mm -hmm. how you can mutually come together and help each other and help support each other's businesses.
0: Yeah. And your product is something where, um, it's almost, a product and a service in one, because it's something that, it's a product that does something. So I feel like sometimes that needs explaining or showing examples of different ways to use it. um, So I could see for sure then how influencers help with that storytelling.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I wanted to talk about uh, your new milestone collection. I know you just launched that um, and you had mentioned it a little bit earlier. So uh, what what is the new milestone collection? Like how did this idea come about um, and anything else like that you're working on to add to that?
1: Absolutely. Um, so, yes, we launched our milestone collection this past Monday, so it's super fresh. Um, we were so excited to bring it to the community, really what, how it kind of came to life was um, over the last year, we've we've heard a lot from our customers' feedback, whether it's through customer our customer experience team or whether it's polls and DMs on Instagram, um, but we've heard a lot from them around, they're looking for the keepsakes that they then keep in the trunk. So asking us, like, do we have a baby book? Um, do we have, you know, cards that they can jot down special milestones. And, and so as we as we started thinking about, you know, what is that next petite Key product? Because we have, we have very thoughtfully, but we've been very intentional on not wanting to just bring a bunch of products to market. We want to make sure that everything has a purpose and everything has incredible heirloom quality. And so um, these three specific items, our celebration crown, our milestone book and our milestone cards, those three pieces work, three of the most requested. Um and so what's fun is it came straight from our customers and um we've been excited to bring this to life.
0: I love it. And they're so cute. And and I think it does make sense. You know, you want to add to um, what the customer's already going to put in their petite keep and make it make sense. And like I said, I don't like um I want everything to have a purpose and a place and look pretty. And so obviously you can make the, the pretty pieces then for them. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to ask you about too, because I don't think we talked about this, um, but you have a stool as well.
1: We do. So our Tuffet um, is super sweet. So we um, we have them made um, by this amazing Manufacture in Italy, and then we upholster and personalize everything here in Missouri. Um, but these are the Tuffets are great because they're very multi purpose. So we have customers that use them in their living rooms. We have customers that use them as a footstool in like a bathroom or kitchen, kind of harder to reach places where they need to reach up high. Um, and then also in children's bedrooms. So my girls have them at the foot of their beds um, and they use them to pick out their dresses in the morning. Um, so kind of multi-use across different life stages.
0: That's so fun, and they're beautiful too. I have to say, the yeah. fabrics on them and the detail.
1: Thank you so much. We we love getting to see what I mean. It's so fun. Like we just had a customer. We have several customers that have purchased them for like their dogs. So there's lots of dog thrones out there, petite <laughs> puppets. Um, but we also see some really special quotes. Um, the one actually, I have one in my living room. Speaking for personal experiences too much of a good thing is wonderful. So you can get fun with, with our tuppets for sure.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So as an entrepreneur, obviously, you know, you wear many hats and do many things, but what would you say the hardest part about what you do is? Like, what's the challenge for you with your business?
1: That's a very good question. Um, I think I think the hardest thing is probably also it's probably also the greatest reward is that like I have put my entire heart and soul into this. And so it doesn't ever turn off. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the best thing in that, like, I'm so grateful that I wake up every single day doing something that I'm completely obsessed with and love and fulfilled by. Um, I often say it's my fifth child, Um <laughs> but um I also, you know, like there, it doesn't ever turn off. And when you put your heart and soul to something, you care about it so, so, so deeply. So um, it's a whole new level of, of, of care than beyond what I thought I knew in previous careers. So it's it's a blessing and a curse. It's literally the best thing ever. And I wouldn't complain about that piece for the world, but it is something to know like when you're building a company, like it definitely doesn't ever turn off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, for sure. And I mean, I can imagine because you already have four daughters and then you have this fifth business child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's about like, I truly am so grateful that I literally – like, I couldn't love it more. And you, you won't find someone that's more energized at all by it. So, like, I, I love it. But that's just a, an important note. on. <laughs>
0: um, so, obviously, you've collaborated with some fun influencers. Uh, but who would be, like, your dream customer, if it was any celebrity or royal or um, even if it's someone that's, you know, a, a past icon who's no longer with us? Like, who would a dream petite keep customer be to you?
1: That's such a great question. Um, I am super grateful for all of our customers. And I love getting to see when it's a name that I recognize coming. Like, it, I'm grateful for all of our customers. And so that's a dream one. I mean, I think like Serena Williams would be amazing. I Ooh. love what she stands for. And I love um, so much about her. And I, uh, raising four girls myself, love the idea of continuing to raise up strong female athletes. So um, I would say Serena Williams.
0: I love that answer. And that's a new one I've never got. So, and I think that's a great <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what would you say is like the best seller on your website for someone who, um, you know, might be listening and discovering your brand for the first time? Like what's the best seller? What, what size um, fabric, like customization generally is, would you say is most popular?
1: Yeah, I, our Grand Classic trunk is definitely, as far as size goes, um, the most popular. But I mean, it's very neck and neck with Petite, so because mm-hmm. um, those truly are dependent on just like a customer space and use case situation. And as far as like fabric goes, um, our Touch of Blue, our uh, one of our PK signature fabrics, um, our Touch of Blue and our Heidi Side T are those are the two most popular fabrics. Which are just such fun prints, and we we love seeing those out in customers' homes. Um, And then, as far as embroidery goes, you know, we it is very split, and it's so interesting about monogram versus monograms versus using names. Mm -hmm. We we really do see a split, and we've we obviously look at that from an analytical perspective very um, very often, and in a very thorough manner so that we can, as we think about bringing new products to life, but we, we see a very much of a split between monograms and names.
0: Interesting. I wonder if that's split like North versus South or I don't know. That's so funny.
1: Totally. And also I'd say, um, there's definitely like, you'll obviously see more monograms for girls, you know, so oh, I, yeah. there's definitely like ways we can, slice the data, but, um, but yeah, we, I would say the easiest, probably bestseller to think about is from a fabric perspective. Um, blue gingham is also very popular as well. So,
0: okay. That makes sense. What, um, is your personal favorite or, I mean, I know that's hard cause obviously they're all like your kids, but um, maybe right. What's your current favorite or the current piece that you use the most or like the most right now?
1: Well, I love our, so our PK Signature Prints, which are Heidi's IT, Bella's Ballet, Coastal Blue, and Touch of Blue are four fabrics that were created for us by Lucky Carpenter, who's an incredible artist um, in the South. And she really just did an amazing job bringing our brand to life via prints for fabric. Um, and so I'm obsessed with those four prints. I think that there's you know, just classic and timeless, but they've got some spunk and personality to them. So those would definitely be the four that I would choose.
0: That's so fun. They're beautiful. Thank you. And obviously I'm curious, what do you keep in your petite cube?
1: Well, um, whether it's my, my daughters or mine, I have, I have a wedding trunk myself personally that I use, um, that has really been a big part of my, journey because my husband and I have been together for 15 years. Um and so um he um, you know, I, I have keep everything from our wedding in there, but also it's been so much of like our travels, like it's kind of a travel trunk as well. Um down to like, you know, there's lots of letters in there from when he deployed and oh, yeah. there's there's just it's a life it's a life trunk at this point. Um but I would say What I love about it is we moved, like I said, six times in five years, and there are a few things that got lost along the way Mm -hmm. um, that I still think about. And had I had my trunk, (laughs) everything would have had one place. (laughs) Um, So I'm very diligent about putting like my most prized pieces in the trunk so that they don't fall by the wayside.
0: That makes sense. I I love that. I I like how you call it a life trunk.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
0: So since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So how would you describe Preppy?
1: Yeah, well, um, I would say, you know, being born and raised in St. Louis, St. Louis is definitely a very Preppy town. Um, but so to me, it's it's a classic. It's very classic. It's very traditional. Um, it's a style that um, is, you know, welcoming, but it's also... Um, you know, you're going to, it's never going to go out of style, very classic. Um, And it's just a way to, I think it's got a little bit of fun infused in it as well.
0: I think that's a great answer. And I like how you said it's um, traditional, which I think ties into traditions, which is part of your brand. So I I, I think that's great.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So um, I think you sort of answered this earlier, but Where's somewhere you go for business advice? Obviously, we talked about podcasts, but do you also like read anything or are there like websites that you like to check out too?
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely podcast is my number one go-to, whether it's in the car, folding laundry, like any menial task I've got a <laughs> podcast on. Um, as far as newsletters go, I would say that's like my number two is subscribing mm-hmm. to like a couple of very specific newsletters. Um, I love the D2C newsletter. I think that I have some really great actionable tactical sound bites in there. So that's mm-hmm. been very helpful for me as I build out the business.
0: Definitely. Those are great advice. Um, what is your go to drink? It could either be, you know, uh, a, a coffee or tea, like something caffeinated or that you start your morning with, or it could be more like the cocktail wine um, vibe.
1: Yes. Well, I love this question because I actually just had my fourth daughter two weeks ago. So I will absolutely answer with wine because I'm <laughs> unable to have that that favorite beverage for the last nine and a half months. Um, so it's definitely a, a glass of Kim Crawford, Sauvignon Blanc.
0: Yes, that's a great answer. I'm so happy you're able to enjoy that again. <laughs> um, what are some other small businesses you love? I know like being an entrepreneur, you get to interact with so many other, um, entrepreneurs and small businesses. So are there like, you know, three that you want to shout out so people can check out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love the community that just the small business community is so welcoming and kind and supportive. Um, so I'm super grateful for all of the other businesses that have, you know, just connected with us along the last few years. Um, as I think about three of my, you know, favorite ones that come to mind, um, I love Wheezy. I think they are, Wheezy Towels does an amazing job, a with product. I'm a customer, um, through and through. Um, but also, um, Lindsay has been kind enough, one of their co-founders to um, connect with me. Um, and she's just been very kind, you know, as I, as I learn and grow the business, um, another one I love is Dondolo. I think Dondolo is an amazing business. They've got an incredible, um, give back program, which I think is super important to, um, an important thing to have as a business. So I love that. Um, and then, um, I love, um, oh, and I love Addison Bay. Addison Bay is another great brand. Um, I think they do an amazing job. Um, and I know I've, Actually, I listened to your, your episode with um, Margie on before, but Margie has an amazing energy about her and I think the brand that they're building. I'm also, I'm always on the go, so I, I'm a big customer of theirs as well. So those are three of my favorite brands for sure.
0: I love that. Yeah, those are great. I think um, I've had Weezy on and I've had Addison Bay on. So, And I'm customers and fans of all three of those brands. So I think they're great businesses for everyone to check out for sure. Absolutely. So what's next for you? Obviously you're working more, um, on expanding your line and collection, but is there anything, you know, maybe a sneak peek or something that you can share that's coming up for you guys?
1: Yeah. Well, um, we will, I may get in trouble by my team from (laughs) saying this, but, um, I will say that we have, um, a very exciting holiday launch coming up soon. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that customers love building out holiday memories, mm-hmm. and um, we're excited to offer a very specific curated um, Christmas offering in the coming months. So uh-huh. um, can't wait to can't wait to share that with the community.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for that! I I love Christmas and the holidays, so that'll the best, be really fun. Right? Yes. <laughs> Now, my final question is, where can people find you? Let them know uh, your website URL, your social media handles. That way they can follow along. They can shop your wonderful brand um, and learn more about you.
1: Absolutely. Um, so we are Petite Keep on Instagram. And our website is um, PetiteKeep.com. And you can always, um, you know, if you have a question, you want to reach out, please feel free to DM us there. Um, and we absolutely will um, get back to you quickly.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. This was so fun learning more about you and how Petite Keep came to be.
1: Thank you so much. It was great um, chatting with you. I really enjoyed the conversation and appreciate you
0: having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast, and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.